0: Waiting. That word holds so much weight in my mind. Waiting can be something simple like waiting for a traffic light to change and waiting for the sun to come up the next day. But there are also some really hard things to wait for. You know, having to wait for, you know, test results to come in or the pain to subside. I mean, those things are much bigger, especially when you have a chronic illness you're very used to waiting, right? I mean, we have to wait for meds to kick in. We have to wait to see specialists. We have to wait on people to understand and learn about what we're going through. We wait for new treatments. Typically, if we need help from a caregiver, we sometimes have to wait to go to the bathroom or shower. There are so many things, right? Yet waiting never ever gets easier, in my mind at least. And in my life, I've found that to be true. But did you know that I have actually found an upside to waiting? I know, I know, don't turn me off. Like, let me explain to you. (laughs) I personally find waiting has really helped me develop faithfulness and I am ready to dive into that with you today. Hey friends. I'm Cassie, and I'm a married spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. All right, friends, I know that this is not the most popular topic, but I think that it needs to be discussed because you know, I, t- I try to be really careful about positivity because I don't ever want to be someone that gives out a positivity prescription. And if you're not familiar with the term positivity prescription, it's thrown around the chronic illness community a lot. And it's in reference to when people just say, oh, well, you just need to be happier. Oh, you just need to be more positive. Oh, you just need to think about it this way. And they're all suggestions that I really believe deep down come from a good place, they're just typically not helpful. And the last thing that I want to do is throw that in somebody else's face considering I don't enjoy it very often. But there's just something about the waiting, and I'm more so, I guess, waiting for the bigger things, that I've seen God grow a faithfulness in me that I never, ever had expected If we look at what the word faithfulness is about, it's about having complete trust and confidence in someone or something. Now, for me, that trust and confidence is in Jesus Christ, but I know it can be different for others. And I really want to talk about faithfulness and the way that it's impacted my life and how waiting is involved in all of that. So, man, it was... It was almost... Actually, it was a year ago... I was really struggling and my body was not doing what it needed to and I was not coping with the dysautonomia well. You know, I had been trying lots of different medications um, for treatments of POTS, which is, um, just if you don't know, that's postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome and it causes lots of things um, but more significantly um, rises and drops in my blood pressure and trouble with blood pooling and I faint a lot. So this was happening quite often and we just were not getting a handle on it. I was trying different medications and I just seemed to be allergic to all of them and I kind of just went to my team and was like, well, what are we going to do? And they said, well, we want to start doing saline infusions. I was fine with that, but there were a lot of challenges that came with that. Just due to EDS in my body, I have really bad veins, and I know that's something that many people with EDS can relate to. And it was at the point where any IV that I got had to be done under ultrasound because... One, they had to use a really small needle, much smaller than they normally would. I mean, I think I was a 24 and typically you're like an 18 gauge for an adult. And so that just kind of goes to show you that I was using needles that they literally used on infants and whatnot, because we just, with anything bigger, my line would blow immediately. It was really frustrating for us to walk through this, and we were kind of looking at all the options, because I couldn't just do peripheral IVs at home because I don't have access to ultrasound. So they just decided that it would be best that I go to the emergency room, and that's what we were going to do. What we thought was going to be a a once-in-a-while thing became the only thing that was able to help manage what I was going through. And about two months in, and I was going either weekly or biweekly at that point. I'm not even entirely sure. We were going in so often, I just went to my team and I was like, this is not sustainable. Like, not only is being in the emergency room so expensive... But it takes so much time and energy out of me and my body and for Jared or whoever was with me that was driving me there because we're there for hours and every single time, even though it's in the chart, you know, we meet with a new group of nurses and teams and it was just all getting very stressful. And there was always that concern of, you know, when you're in the emergency room, you're exposed to tons of different viruses and germs. And that was also dangerous for me. So there was a lot of back and forth. And finally, one of my doctors said, we want to refer you to this other doctor who has worked very closely with this treatment and providing it at home and all of those different things. So we got on the wait list and the wait list was seven months, which felt like an eternity. (laughs) You know, during this time, because we had no guarantee that this appointment was going to work out, that I was going to qualify for it. Like there were so many different things that were weighing on our hearts and we were faithfully going and getting infusions, but it was – really tiring and taxing on everybody, and we got really discouraged. Um, not just me, but Jared did, um, and my family, and it was so miserable because we lost all our weekends to it because Jared doesn't work on the weekends, so that was really when we could go, and if I needed to be there a second time a week, someone in my family was driving out to my house to come pick me up and take me in, and it, it was exhausting. It was not enjoyable by any means. You know, About, I think, the third month in, I just really felt God asking me to remember to hold on to His promises. And one of His promises is that our grief will turn into joy. That needed to be my current job. My current job needed to be to praise God for His faithfulness in advance, which was so hard to do because I'm stuck in the thick of it, right? And I don't want to be grateful. I'm miserable and I hate the situation. And I hate that the meds haven't worked and that I need this form of treatment and my body is not cooperating at all. And I'm scarring all over the place from constant IVs. And even with ultrasounds, sometimes it would blow and we'd have to do another. It was just miserable. God was just like, I want you to thank me in advance for being faithful. And I finally, after feeling that nudge in my heart enough, I was like, all right, God, you know what? I am, I'm I'm going to thank you in advance. And in this time, we also really, really learned how to take things day by day. And I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago. I had already told you I'm not very good at it. It's definitely a strength that Jared has that I don't. But something that really stuck out to me in this time was that... You know, every day was different. We didn't know at that point how often we were going in the hospital. They were judging it off of symptoms. And it was one of those, if you faint X amount of times a day, you need to come back in. So it kind of varied every week. But we had to take things day by day. And for me, it wasn't just taking day by day. It was taking it hour by hour and minute by minute and spoon by spoon. It just was awful. And yes, right now we've, you know, as I'll share the story, I've come to a place where God has helped us find a more stable, sustainable way to be treated, but it doesn't fix everything even now. There are a lot of days that I'm still taking things spoon by spoon. And that's hard. That is a hard place to be. I try to remember the story about the Israelites being um, in the wilderness and how every day God would provide for them in the morning. And, you know, they technically didn't know the next day where their food was going to come from unless they were faithful to know, okay, God is going to provide for us again tomorrow. And I find that so true in my heart that I'll be going through a day and I'm just like, I don't even know how I'm going to get through the rest of this day. I don't even know that I can do X, Y, Z that's going on tomorrow. I wish more often than not that I just said, you know what, God, I know you've got it. But typically I get stressed. I work really hard though to keep it in my mind that he's gone before me. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He's aware of everything that I'm going to face but that hope does not mean that the struggle is not real while you're in it. You know, we waited and waited and it was I think we were just before this appointment and um my team actually celebrated with me the last appointment I had before I went to go see this new doctor because they were so hopeful and I was so fearful that it wasn't going to go the way we thought or that I wasn't going to be a candidate for the program that he's doing. And there were so many things, but it was a faith-filled fear because there was a certain peace that I had that like, okay, God, you're going to do it. You're going to show up. You're going to be here on top of that. Oh my gosh, it's not going to work out. This is going to be terrible. It's going to be a waste of time. We're going to be back at square one. And it was just a mix of both of those things. And once we got in to see this doctor, I mean, the anxiety was so real, but we went in there, we did it, and he was so knowledgeable and I was so grateful that my team had recommended that I go see him and he was just like, all right, I want to try one more thing. He was like, it's kind of a Hail Mary. I really hope I'm using that reference right. I'm just learning about football, so let's hope that I got that right. And if I didn't, you can feel free to message me on Instagram. (laughs) Um, But it was kind of his one last thing. And he just said, keep doing infusions as you need them. Try this. And if it doesn't work, then we're going to have another conversation. So we did that. And it was really rough because I reacted so strongly to this medication and not in the way that we had hoped. And I was very discouraged, but, you know, they had asked me, they said, you're going to do it for X amount of time, and even if you're symptomatic, we don't want you to stop until you get to the end of the trial date. So let's make it known it was a really bad week and a half. But in that week and coming out of that appointment, I gave it all to God. And I just said, you know what, instead of praying that this med is going to work, Instead of praying that I'm going to be a candidate for what he's doing if this doesn't work, I decided I was not going to tell God what I wanted him to do. Because you know what? That hasn't worked out in the past pretty much ever. So I decided that I was just going to pray that his will would be done. I was going to pray that if we need to talk about the program that he's doing and what that would bring that I would be prepared for that and that Jared and I would have the grace and the strength we needed to move into this new phase of life. But I was also, you know, by leaving it up to his will, I was also praying that like, Lord, please allow this to work in the sense of if this is the road that you're meant to bring me down, I know that you're going to faithfully get me there. And it was a long week and a half and ultimately they decided to pull me off of it and then we waited There was more waiting, and I just continued to pray that God's will would be done, because we were deciding, do we want to try the med again, just at a lower dose, and all these, like, there were so many conversations happening, and my brain was so fried, you know, I was leaving everything in his hands, but that doesn't mean that I was stepping away. It didn't mean that I stopped taking care of my body, because I was just like, oh, well, I'm just going to wait for God to answer. You know, I'm still called to take care of my body well and do all of those things. So I think it is important to also mention when we leave things in God's hand, that doesn't mean that we don't need to stop working at whatever that goal or desire or thought, whatever is going on. And I even think about my plants. Like I I pray over my plants Daily. That was something that I remember my former coach, who is an insane gardener, and she just was always like, I pray over all my plants and that's why they do so well. Honestly, I 100% agree with that because, you know, God cares about what we care about. He's planted that love of gardening in my heart. So, you know, He cares that I'm taking care of it. So, in regards to my garden, though, I don't just pray over it and do nothing. I still nourish my plants and water my plants and make sure that they get enough sun and I prune them from weeds. There's so much that I have to do. So I think in this time of waiting, we always just think of things being still and nothing happening. But in order to get to where we need to be, we do have to take care of what we've been given and we still have to work hard. We can't just say, well, God, I'm not gonna do any of the work and I'm just gonna wait till you show up because he shows up in the midst of all our hard work. That was just something that I had really been praying about and I just told my family, I said, we're not praying for anything specific. We're gonna pray for God's will to be done and we're gonna pray that he gives us the grace and the strength that we need to get through whatever that decision is. And after 10 months of this long journey of being in the ER one to three times a week, waiting on the right people, the decision was made. I needed a central line so that I could start home care. Um, You know, they looked at everything and we tried to find a way that I wouldn't need a central line because it's a pain and it's painful. And there are so many other reasons why. They just kind of said, this is what we're gonna do. And at first, there was this relief that a decision had been made that we were moving forward. My biggest prayer through those 10 months was that regardless of how it happened, I wanted to be able to spend more time at my house than at the hospital. And that was not really happening for 10 months. So I didn't really care if it was a med that worked or it was that we needed to move ahead for like whatever they wanted. I was like, that's totally fine if it allows me to be out of the hospital more. You may remember, if you follow me on Instagram, that we celebrated the day of my first access at home and my first infusion. And that was met with some confusion, I think. And even by us looking back on it, there is. Because yes, we were so, so grateful that this meant that I wouldn't need to be in the hospital very often. That was a major praise. You know, we had waited faithfully for God to open up the door for me to be at home more. So this was how he made that happen. And we were so grateful. I mean, every single day, I make a point in my prayer list that's in there to every single day thank him for the opportunity to be at home more. It's such a blessing but what people didn't see that we didn't choose to really share was when we got there that morning for surgery, we got into our pre room, and the nurses just kind of said, here's the rundown of how we're going to do things. Um, if you could change, that would be great. And Jared was in with me and I just started crying so hard. And I just told them I'm not strong enough to do this. I don't think that I can bear the infection risks and only shower once a week. And like, there's so many things that I was like, I'm not strong enough for this. I am not strong enough to have a needle put in my chest every single week. I I can't do this. And I completely lost it and literally was shaking. I wanted to bolt out of that pre room. I was just like, nope, this... This can't be the way God intended it. This wasn't what I wanted. And Jared just looked at me and he reminded me of what I had said to my whole family when we started working with this new doctor. And, you know, he had said, like, we're going to try this med and hope that it works. But like, we also like, there's a reality that it may not. You know, as much as I was praying, I think for his will to be done, I still wanted things done my way. I didn't want to need A central line and he just looked at me and held me and whispered remember we prayed that his will would be done and right now this is his will and he is gonna get us through it and he is gonna give you and I all the grace and strength that we need to go through this and it's gonna be okay and I'm not gonna lie friends I did not believe him (laughs) I mean, I was completely terrified and looking back, I'm so grateful for his faithfulness and having a port really sucks in so many ways and there's so much anxiety. Every access, every de-access, everything that we have to do, every time we hook up, I mean anything, it's just, it's nerve-wracking to know that a device that you need could kill you it's so frustrating. It's frustrating to know that I'm dependent on something. I still sit here today though, and I see God's faithfulness in all of it. That just blows my mind that even in recognizing how frustrated I am with how things have gone and what I've needed to do, you know, God has still shown up every single time, every single day, every access, every like hook up to my line, every, everything, God is there every step of the way. So there are a lot of things I'm still waiting on. There are a lot of things that are taking a lot of grace and strength, but if you're in the wait right now, like me, I encourage you to remember that God has gone before you. He's already walked through your day. He knows exactly what you, you're going to face and he is going to give you all the grace and strength and peace and love and support that you need to get through that day if you ask him to. One of my favorite things in the morning that I pray about is just that God would guide my day. I just ask him, you know, and say, even though I have plans for X, Y, Z, I don't know fully what today is going to bring, only you do, and I ask that you guide me And I respond to everything that comes my way in an approach that honors and glorifies you. And that's the most that I can do. That is my best. And it is alright if you're in a place where you're not ready to give everything to Him. It's hard. It is hard to, even when we don't have control over something, giving someone else control over something that we desperately want control over is really hard. All by itself, that's hard. You know, I think of the quote that has truly changed my life um, from one of Laura Casey's books where she talks about, you know, the phrase, she believes she couldn't, so he did. I didn't think I was going to make it through that port surgery. I didn't think I would be able to handle a needle going into my chest every single week. I didn't think I could handle all the different things. That this illness brings. And I'm right. I couldn't. But God can. And he has given me and Jared all that we need to get through this. He has given us all the courage, all the strength, I guess all the time to go through this. And you know what's amazing about all this? Is that I have not had to have a hospital stay in how many months has it been? In six months. Six months months. That's amazing. I prayed for 10 months. God would allow me to be at home more and out of the hospital. I was very specific about that. Not just that I would be home more, that I would be able to spend less time at the hospital. And that is what has happened. I mean, the couple times that we thought I was going to need to be admitted, we talked to my coordinating team and They were like, you know what? We know that you guys monitor everything, so we're just going to send the meds and things to you, and you can try to manage this from home. And if it's getting worse or it's not working or you aren't comfortable doing that, then come in. That freedom is life-changing. And I know I'm not going to be able to stay away from the hospital forever, but just in this moment, in these past six months, spending so much time at home, allowing myself to... Be uncomfortable in my own home. It's much nicer to be uncomfortable here than it is to be uncomfortable at the hospital. And I'm so blessed that at this time in my life, that's an option for me. So when I look back on this whole experience, and again, not knowing what the future holds, because again, I'm taking things day by day and spoon by spoon, I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. Despite all those things, there is a relationship that I have now with God that I never ever would have had before. I actually, since the surgery, I have become obsessed with learning about God's promises because I came to the realization that I can't lean on His promises and expect Him to fulfill things that I don't even know about. So I did like a 40-day course on his promises, and now I'm actually going through a 100-day daily course, which has been awesome. All of these things have grown so much in me, and I never would have imagined that anything good could have grown from 10 months of just craziness and exhaustion, yet it has. So whatever big decision you or your team are making, Or whatever you're walking through at work or school or whatever you're waiting on to hopefully change your circumstances, my prayer today for you is that you will remember that God has gone before you. He knows how frustrated you are. He knows how stressed out and disheartened you are. What's amazing about God is that He welcomes our mess and our discouragement. He wants to be a part of it. He wants to grieve with us. He wants to work through this with us. And I think that's so powerful. So I challenge you to every day not only pray that God would guide your day and that you would honor Him with your actions and responses to anything, but also that you thank Him in advance for tomorrow. Or, sorry, thank Him in advance for just the fact that even though you don't know what tomorrow holds, that he's gone before you. That's so powerful and it fills my heart to know that he's already walked through what tomorrow is gonna hold for me. So even though tomorrow I may have plans for an outing or whatever it is, even if that doesn't happen because life is unpredictable and having a chronic illness is crazy unpredictable, despite all those things, I know that he's gone before me He is going to give me what I need to get through the day. And I'm going to rest in that peace, in that love. And you can grow faithfulness too, right where you're at, no matter how big or little the weight is. And no matter how heavy the weight of this time, I guess, quietness. There were so many times during this that I felt like God was quiet. Now that I look back on it, I can't believe that at any point I thought he was quiet. Because he may not have been making progress that I could see on things moving forward, but he spoke so clearly to me. He still speaks so clearly, like just clearly to me. That is the biggest blessing. What I learned through this experience was so much greater than what I could have learned if I was immediately walked through everything easily. So I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what's going on. And I'm sorry that you're frustrated and that you're in the wait and that you can't see God's faithfulness yet. But I do promise you that if you want to grow something good out of this, out of this wait, or even if right now you're not even a place where you want anything good to come of this, know that I'm praying for you and I'm actively praying that God would show you his strength and his power in this time and just that he would give you that peace of mind knowing that he has got you no matter how long the wait is. And even now... As some of you know, it recently, you know, we kind of announced it. I have had to close. It's really hard to talk about. Um, I've had to close the uh, business that has meant so much to me and to Jared and to our clients and the people we worked with. And right now I'm waiting again. I'm waiting for God to help me walk through this grief And at some point, I'll share the whole story with you. I'm not in that place now. But even despite the grief, I know that he's going to grow something good out of this, even if I can't see it. So I'm going to go back to that prayer that I prayed for 10 months. And I'm going to say, Lord, I ask that your will be done, even if it's not in the way that I wanted. And I thank you in advance for giving me all the grace and strength I need to get to that next thing and to get through what's going on right now. So we're going to wait together. I'm going to be hand in hand with Jesus and we're going to walk through this. This hurt, this pain, this grief, all of it. I'm going to wait as faithfully as I possibly can. And even though there are going to be some days that I fail at that miserably, I'm going to do my best to actively try to seek him and listen to him and just be patient. Because yes, I can wait, but I don't always wait patiently. I really hope now walking through this and even having the chance today to talk about this with you, it makes me reflect on this current situation of having to truly come to terms with the fact that my body is my job and I don't have another title right now. And as I come to that truth and I walk into this new phase of life in an even more you know resounding way than I was able to a month ago. I'm grateful to know that my waiting is going to produce faithfulness if I allow it to. So friends, I encourage you in the wait. And I hope you know that if you ever want to talk about this more in depth or you want to just have someone to talk to you about this time of waiting, I know the struggle and I am here for you. I am one instant message away. So I'm going to raise my glass which is full of apple juice because my blood sugar is low, to waiting and allowing faithfulness to grow. Cheers to you.
1: Where you live, shouldn't limit your access to quality internet. That's not fair. US Cellular introduces fast and fair high-speed internet with reliable home internet from US Cellular. Now there's no limit to how you stream, game and work. So instead of this, You get this. Upgrade to fast and fair high-speed internet from US Cellular. Upgrade to fair.